0: Hi, everyone. Welcome at the ECHO Ambassador podcast series, What's on the Agenda? A series of episodes by ECHO Ambassadors to put social justice issues on the agenda. Issues that are currently a hot topic in the social debate or issues that should be a hot topic in the social debate, according to ECHO Ambassadors. My name is Pravini Baburam and I'm hosting this podcast. And I'm happy to kick off this first episode with my special guest, Wahab Hasu. Wahab is a master political science student at VU University and co-founder of NL Help Yazidis Foundation. And we're really happy to have you here, Wahab, to share with us what your perspective is on what needs to be on the agenda. So so welcome. Thank you. Um, Before we get started, is there anything else you want to add to your introduction?
1: Um, Yeah, maybe because uh, I was born and raised up in Iraq. Um, I came here as a refugee. Um, so I'm not, (laughs) I'm not born in the the Netherlands. I was not born in the Netherlands, so. How long have you been here? I've been here uh, for nine years now. Um, yeah, I'm becoming Dutch actually. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) think. (laughs) I think, yeah. (laughs) You know.
0: How was this process for you, finding your way here in the Netherlands?
1: Uh, It was very hard, Uh, especially when, 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 when you come um, we are from a, a country that's uh, totally uh, different from the, the European countries, let's say from the Middle East, from Iraq, uh, totally different uh, environment, sphere, uh, regime, and also um, different language. It <laughs> was also very hard for me, but um, yeah, it took me like three years to learn the language, and afterwards I, I kept it up with... Uh, going to, sk- to school and learning new people, learning the the real Dutch culture. People say that there is no Dutch culture, but I believe there is. Like, you know, biking, <laughs> having a coffee and taking uh, the train in the, in the morning. So I think, um, yeah, it was very hard in the beginning, to be honest. Um, I think the most difficult thing, one of the most difficult things or hardest things I have ever, uh, been through was coming to a new country, leaving everything behind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's life.
0: Yeah. And you, you've been here for nine years, you say, and you've also been very much involved with your foundation. So, uh, that leads to the question, uh, perhaps also from the perspective from your foundation, um, what's on the agenda for you in the social debate?
1: Yeah, a very (laughs) important question, Uh, very crucial to um, talk about this. Uh, An Arab Yazidis was founded to um, um, support the Yazidis who were uh, persecuted by the so-called Islamic State um, in 2014. Um, I was in the Netherlands and uh, two years, uh, after two years of struggles and going to school to learn Dutch, I thought I could lead a, a lucky and happy life. But yeah, so uh, everything went wrong because of ISIS and Iraq and Syria. And also my family was affected. And then I started to think what I was doing in that time. So we came up with the uh, Enel to help Yazidis, the um, refugees uh, in Iraq, Syria, but also in Europe. Um, that was not on the agenda mm-hmm. still um, it is not on the agenda. So my uh, message is, uh, my message, my goal, my aim uh, in life <laughs> has been uh, putting the Yazidi issue on the agenda since 2014.
0: Yeah. So can you, for, for those who are not familiar with, you know, the, the context and the history and, and what's going on right now, can you inform us on, you know, what, what do we need to know when it comes to the Yazidi community?
1: Yazidis. Um, belong to one of the ancient uh, Sumerian, Babylonian um, religions. Um, it's totally different from Islam and uh, Christianity uh, in terms of religion itself, not cultures, because all these cultures in the Middle East are kind of the same. But religion is different. Um, I always call it an avatar religion because um, uh, we believe uh, in light, water, all these natural elements, and in the sun, we also call the children of the sun. Um, It's also Kurdish, we are Kurdish uh, speaking people. Um, I believe, it's my opinion that we are the real Kurds uh, because uh, the current Kurds uh, have been um, persecuted. Also, they converted their religion and they are Muslims, most of them, Um, but you see this, kept the religion because they were they fled up to the mountains and yeah this is, they still exist um however because we we uh we believe in the sun and all these natural elements we have been persecuted for centuries uh a lot of radical groups have seen us as uh devil worshippers, which is a huge misunderstanding and this misunderstanding um has led to a lot of genocidal attacks. And the last one was in 2014 by ISIS. ISIS, um, like they killed thousands of Yazidi men and elderly women, and uh, they took Yazidi uh, women and girls as slaves um, until today. Uh, thousands of Yazidi women are missing and are being human trafficked, uh, yeah, through internet and on other uh, platforms and other ways. Um so yeah, so uh yeah I, 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 I aim, I my goal is is to uh, explain that this is not true. All this misunderstanding about our religions are not true and we are also humans. We deserve to to live uh, in, in peace. Mm-hmm. Um yeah so that's the as and um our history only exists of consists of uh, um, persecutions and genocides and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, so sorry to hear, you know, to hear about this. And, um, and I'm, I'm um, thankful that you're able uh, or willing to share with us, you know, uh, your story and also the story of your people. Um, and I'm also uh, curious to hear because, you know, you, you uh, addressed the history of persecution uh, but I can imagine there's also a lot of richness in your, um, you know, in your culture and your people that you also find strength uh, in. And I was wondering if you maybe can share something about that. You know, what is, um, uh, what, what about your community is empowering for you um, uh, that helps you, you know, to keep uh, addressing, you know, the, the pain and the trauma that, you know, your people are going through?
1: Well, um, Yezidism or Yazidis is like God. So we are created by God and we believe, uh, in the sun, without sun light, there will be no lives. And, um, that's what I use as a power. What That's what empowers me or drives me in life. And, um, it gives me more strength to, to keep it up despite all the odds. And, uh, also there is, um, and um, also something very important I have learned through uh, the years as a Yazidi that uh, when we pray we we don't have to pray like five times in in a day you pray whenever you can and um, you pray in your hearts and we, uh, in your heart sorry and when we uh, do that we pray for seventy two other religious and other communities and then we pray for us for ourselves mm-hmm. and. That's what drives me in life. That's what empowers me. That um, the Yazidism and the Yazidis have always believed in the power of diversity and acceptance. Mm-hmm. When we pray for other people, we um, automatically shows that we accept other people as people, and uh, that empowers me a lot. And I have always that message with me, and and I I have like this. Uh, how we say it it's uh,
0: like a, a bracelet almost yeah
1: a bracelet um <clears throat> every time I, I i i look at it it's just every easy almost half this. Mm. um and when i, I always I, I remember this quote like you know um the power of uh, belief in humanity and um acceptance and uh, fight for justice um so yeah that's that's something uh, very important also like we have the z d new year um mm-hmm. which is like the second uh, Wednesday in april every year, and um we we celebrate it by praying for all the other nations and then we pray for ourselves and uh, we light candles and uh, a lot of rituals uh this kind of spirituality um yeah, so that's, that's the, the, the pure definitions of power within Yazidism.
0: Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. And um, I was, um, f- for those, because, you know, we're, we're here uh, talking in audio and people can't see us, but uh, for those um, uh, who are curious about the bracelet, if I can uh, des- uh, describe it, uh, Wahab is wearing, uh, it's like a string, actually, uh, with a red and white um, thread, and it's wrapped around your, um, your wrist. Um, can you share with us the meaning of, um, uh, this string and you say, uh, a lot of us wear it. So the meaning behind it,
1: the meaning behind this actually is, um, when uh, you wear this, you make a wish and, um, um, how you say it when, when, um, this, um, um, how zeg je dat? Dat het gaan als het los, het los is.
0: When it's untied?
1: Yeah, when, when it's untied, uh, you don't have to tie it again because um, when it's untied, then your you wish will become reality.
0: Ah, okay. So, <laughs>
1: yeah. um, and also like, you know, uh, this kind of belief yeah, in,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, in goodness, in, in hard work and in, in power. Yeah. Um, I, I, have, I have it always with me. When they I lose look. it, like uh, sometimes uh, I have lost like <laughs> two or three, <laughs> and uh, I, I immediately called my parents. I said, "I need a new one because like <laughs> yeah, I feel like I, 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 I miss something." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So because I have uh, you know, it, it became a, it, uh, it become it has become a, t- a tradition or something. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So uh, how long have you been wearing this one?
1: since a week. <laughs> since a week. <laughs> yeah, because the previous one I uh, I I lost it uh, three weeks ago, so I, I went to my parents last week and I asked. You made for a new one. wish. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for for sharing that. Of course. Um, going back to you know your foundation and the work you do, can you uh, share with us uh, what is the work that the foundation does, and perhaps also for people who, who want to contribute, uh, how can they contribute?
1: Thank you. Um, so in, in the beginning, uh, uh shipped a lot of goods to, to refugees who were like homeless in that time. Uh, now they live in UN IDP camps or in tents for like eight years. The situation hasn't improved really. But uh, we focused on shipping goods and uh, basic human needs in that time. Um, However, since two years we have been working also on uh, legal projects. Uh, We have like the Yazidi Genocide Justice Campaign, which uh, focuses on um, the the contributions of of, of big techs or social media platforms uh, to the Yazidi genocide by um, providing their platforms um, or enabling ISIS or other terrorist groups to uh, uh, promote. Hate speech and um, you know human traffic. Yazidi women and girls who were enslaved since 2014. And um, also we have also a community project because the, the, um, the Yazidi issue is not like about the trauma since 2014. It's a transgenerational trauma. Um, I was raised up with trauma because my parents went through the same thing and grandparents etc. etc. and Almost nobody talked about it, and I thought maybe it's it's good to kick off something like that. And we started a community project to preach um, the ESD community with other communities here in Europe, but also to um, bring ESDs together. We are worldwide. We are around one million people. Unfortunately, the amount is is, is decreasing uh, because of persecutions, etc., etc. So uh it's also like to bridge these uh, small local communities uh in Europe uh but also to to uh to bridge the ZD community with other communities. Uh as you know we are we live it's it's no longer like um how we say it a mono uh, mm-hmm. culture but we live in a multicultural uh, world actually yeah. not not only in the Netherlands but also in other countries in the West as well as in the middle east there is there's is a process uh, going on so it's important to to talk to other community to 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 interact to connect to other communities to learn from each other um to uh, prevent any misunderstanding or and uh, it's also good we learn from each other we can contribute to um yeah to the social cohesion in the in the and to strengthen it right so um uh, yes yeah, so that's that's also a project we are working on um uh, as a uh, believer in sport uh, as a middle to um um heal from trauma mm-hmm. and ptsd um um i also want, uh, uh i also believe in um uh, using this 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 middle uh, to help pcd uh, heal and other uh, people who went through the same to help them um from the trauma get rid of the trauma they have to survive actually um and so we are also focusing on sport projects and uh football uh, but also uh, workout um sessions um uh building gyms in the future um that's also one of of, of, of the goals uh the foundation will be focusing on uh from next year on uh, not in the Netherlands uh not only in the Netherlands but also in iraq uh, in kurdistan um and through this um as you may know like in these cultures, women and girls are it seems are as a taboo when when it comes to working out or biking or something um I wanna break that I want them because like these people suffer every day from the trauma they have been through um for me, it's very important to focus on that as well, and to help these girls to to play football, to to, to do their hobbies, you know, um, because that's also very important.
0: Yeah, that's amazing, Wahab. So I'm I'm hearing um, you know different angles with your foundation. You're you're talking about the the practicalities in terms of basic basic needs and offering, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm guessing clothes and and food and and other, you know, um, products that people need to, to live, yes. <laughs> very basically. <laughs> I'm also hearing awareness when it comes to the media and social media and people being, um, you know, critical of the information they uh, receive. And also a very important part is healing, right, with yes. the community yes. projects and, and uh, acknowledging the trauma, the, yes. the intergenerational trauma, yes. and finding ways through uh exchanging experiences within community through sports. So the, the physical and the emotional uh part uh so in that sense a holistic approach I'm also hearing to you know bring your people together to move forward.
1: Yes, of course. Uh you know what uh Praveen, like justice is, is very important. I yeah. think like um the best thing that can be done for Yazidis is um give them justice. Yeah. And uh bring those or uh who who were involved in the genocide justice yeah however, as we have learned from the history, it's a long term process yeah um now you have been maybe involved also like in the in the discussions on the holocaust, like the, the survivors almost like you know um There are almost no survivors anymore because, like, you know, they are aged or um, they pass away, and people are like, you know, okay, how can we just like contribute to the debate on um, we should not allow hate speech, etc., etc.? Yeah. For me, um, it's very important as a first generation genocide survivor to contribute to um, the healing of the survivors because if you uh, will not do that. I think we will lose a lot of survivors, uh, young people, like suffering the same trauma and uh, there will be no debate about it and it will be forgotten uh, as it happens, like, a lot of times when it comes to Yazidis. So for me, um, justice process can all only be like continued if there is like a healing uh, for the survivors because they are uh, they, they play an important role when it comes to uh, justice and accountability and international trials and um, all these projects going on. Um, yeah, so first help the survivors to survive yeah. the trauma. They survived the genocide, but mentally they are suffering every right. day. And I suffered a lot in the beginning, but I survived the trauma and I think and I believe that also other people can survive.
0: Well, thank you again for, yeah, for, for that perspective. And, um, I'm also curious here because you talk about justice, right? And I think there are different, different forms of justice. You talk about healing, you talk about, you know, accountability. So, uh, for specifically the Yazidi community or communities, um, what would, uh, justice uh, look like for you? When, when do you feel that, you know, justice has been served?
1: Um, Justice, uh, it's an abstract uh, concept, as you said. Um, for Yazidis, for instance, justice can be uh, rebuilding their homes. Um, like, <laughs> tens and thousands of Yazidis ha- have been uh, living in tents, the UN tents in, uh, in North Iraq and Kurdistan uh, for eight years, and nothing has been done or little. And there are a lot of uh, political um issues and tensions in the in the region people can't return to their homes so the first justice <laughs> aspect or or thing that can be done for these cities is rebuilding their homes and giving giving them a peaceful region they can not just like live in uh survive what they have been through uh but also uh, another term, another form of justice would be bringing those who were involved in genocide to justice because these people uh, have contributed to one of the brutal most brutal uh genocidal attacks um after the second world war Um, and people were like these people are very dangerous they are still promoting radical ideologies uh, among other communities as well they are mobilizing uh, communities against each other and that's uh, something we should get rid of, especially like, you know, sometimes I, um, uh, there is a quote saying that we learned from history that we don't learn from history, mm-hmm. but I don't believe in that. I mm-hmm. think like we, we can learn from history and uh, we can learn from it only if, if there is justice and accountability for survivors of certain, you know, genocides.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm. Um, um, thank you also again for uh, for that uh, analysis. And uh, what I'm also curious about, because you know when we talk about uh, 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 trauma, I'm also thinking about you know trauma uh, with regards to transatlantic enslavement and to endangered labor, forced labor, uh, to indigenous, you know, uh, genocide. So all these you know communities, oppressed communities, are going through the same process of trauma and trying to heal and. Find their humanity again when they have been dehumanized, um, and uh, the, um, uh, the the oppression, you know, uh, was was uh, done not just by individuals but also by you know, collective. So when it comes to uh, uh, justice in, in terms of um, accountability and, for instance, through uh, uh, you know uh, lawsuits, for instance, then. Do you, what is your perspective on um, that, that form of justice? Do you, do you feel that it has to be individuals that, you know, have to be, um, hold accountable or is it, you know, because we're talking also about collectives, right? When I mean, you talk about ISIS, it's not just individuals, it's an ideology. So, uh, you can maybe get rid of a leader, but then someone else, you know, uh, might take on that role. So how, what is your perspective on, on dealing with that when it comes to, you know, justice?
1: Well, um, I think also uh, countries are struggling with this, uh, this, this, this aspect of, yeah. of, of, of justice. As we have seen, like in Germany, uh, three individuals have been persecuted for uh, the genocide against yeah. EZDs. One of them, like, you know, uh, uh, five years ago easy to go outside until she dies from the heat um, uh, so yeah so these individual um, uh, cases have been uh, going on like for years but um, isis was an organization exactly and it, it was uh, countries were involved yeah uh, uh, institutions were were involved uh, uh, for instance how how come that isis that a lot of these new Toyotas, for instance, um, they were imported by states, by, uh, by companies, by, by institutions. And if, if you can't hold these countries, uh, these institutions, these companies accountable and bring them to, to justice, in the near future, they can contribute once again. Exactly. That's, that's one thing. The other thing is, I think, like European countries, um, failed, in my opinion, to prevent their nationals to travel to Syria and Iraq, to join ISIS, kill people of Syria and Iraq. People think when I talk about ISIS, I only talk about Yazidis. Yeah. But the first victims of ISIS were Muslims. And then also like, you know, minorities, non-Muslims. So these people went from the, the democratic West, you know, like because they, they wake up, they woke up and they didn't feel too well they went to Syria and Iraq to join ISIS to embrace their ideology and kill people there, and these nationals now come back or are coming back, or their countries take them back without any uh, support for the Syrians Iraqis who have suffered, who had nothing to do with, 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 with ISIS or any political issues going on there. Um, for me. Um, Collective justice is the most important thing. You may have these individual cases. It's also very important as there is no collective uh, trial to bring uh, ISIS fighters or terrorists to, to, to justice and hold them accountable for what they have done to Syrians and Iraqis. I'm not talking about Yazidis. I'm talking about millions of people. Like millions of Syrians fled up not because only of, of Assad's regime, but also because of ISIS and what ISIS have done, because it controlled one-third of Syria and Iraqi territory within months. Um, so the collective justice is very important. I'm here, like, speaking um, on behalf of, of, of Syrians and Iraqis. All these innocent people have suffered from um, ISIS and their their brutal uh, crimes. Um, well, they had nothing to do with
0: it. Yeah. Yeah and what what is your, your take on this uh process of for instance truth and reconciliation we saw in South Africa you know where we also had to deal with a state and collective trauma and um you know uh, uh t- too many individuals you know to <laughs> to hold accountable so uh, in terms of you know uh people who might have to face prison time for instance so you know and also the idea of you need to unify a country that has been so divided, you know, over racial lines. So the approach in South Africa was truth and reconciliation and, you know, having victims and, and perpetrators, you know, um, uh, go through that process of, uh, of, of, reconciliation, you know, uh, for, for the sake of, uh, moving forward and, you know, preventing civil wars. So what is, what is your take on the role of, for instance, truth and reconciliation in this conversation um I think that's that's even
1: you mean okay. like yeah uh you mean like um the, the the role of victims and perpetrators in like you know healing yes, or exactly. yeah. okay yeah. Uh, yes i think it, it is it is not it is not like you should keep the role of per, per perpetrators like away mm-hmm. uh, it's also important to talk about that as well and i th- i think like s- some of those who joined isis and Brought back by the states, or, or came back by themselves, and are not all of. I'm not saying that all of them were, were um, all of them committed crimes against the Yazidis, Syrians, Iraqis, and other communities there, but they were part of a system. Yeah, uh, it's about the system, and right. they, they they joined ISIS. ISIS was a terrorist organization, so I think like you know bringing this uh, the victims and perpetrators together. And uh, that happened actually in Iraq. Mm. Like, you know, um, you see the woman faced the, the one who raped her, who was enslaved her, and everyone wa- was criticizing it. I thought it's very, no, I, I, I didn't agree uh, with that because I think it's very important also to um, hear from perpetrators, what 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 ha, has what what has been the drive and yeah. on motive motives uh, uh, um, behind what what they have done, like, yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. um, uh, that's also very important. But in general, I think like um, f- giving more focus on the on the, on like uh, those who travel Syria, Iraq, and seeing them as innocent people and made mistakes. It is yeah. um it's pure and just and yeah it it won't. Uh, contribute or to uh, pr- any prevention in the future. It will rather, like, you know, in my opinion motivates um, some others who are living here in the West uh, to, to radicalize. And when a new face of ISIS comes in, in Syria and Iraq, uh, oh, the, this, those who <laughs> traveled Syria and Iraq got like maybe a one year sentence, and then they are now free? Oh, let's do the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think this uh, it should be uh, learned uh, at schools and also on uh, national TVs and newspaper. This is a very important thing, and it endangers the national security and uh, not only of Syria and Iraq but also uh, of the Netherlands.
0: yeah, yeah, and you talk about also the relationship right between what's happening in in uh, for instance Syria and Iraq and also in the Netherlands and how you mentioned you feel uh, European states have failed, you know the people uh, who have been uh, uh, prosecuted. Um, and I'm I'm also curious to to hear uh, from you um, what what that conversation for you is like in the Netherlands because you know you come from a context where um, you are um, a minority and then you go to another context where you're again a minority. But uh, there are are different dynamics uh, where uh, you don't identify as Muslim, but perhaps you are perceived as Muslim, right? And so I'm curious to hear what what is that experience for you here in the Netherlands talking about these issues when there are so many other kind of stereotypical ideas about Middle East and and perhaps also, you know, uh, the way you identify that doesn't always align with how people perceive you.
1: Yeah, I think it's like most difficult thing, and nowadays uh, it's been a minority. Um, uh, I was like, when I was in Iraq, I was like, I I kind of accepted, like you know, and um, I, we did, we didn't have uh, any voice, any rights. When I came to the Netherlands, I was like, okay, this is a democratic state. Uh, we will get rights as any other individuals. Yes, we do, but. We also suffered us from a genocide, and also Dutch nationals were involved. Um, uh, whether they contributed to the crimes against Yazidis or, or other people in Syria, Iraq, or not, they were part of the system that committed like a genocide against Yazidis. So, like you know, the debate on uh, the debate uh, going on 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 the issue is more about Dutch nationals, female fighters, you know. Isis women, children, innocent, innocent people. I'm not talking about, you know, children are children. I believe that children are innocent. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if they are the children of ISIS fighters or not. But when it comes to uh, Dutch nationals, they they are, you know, giving another term, like uh, female fighters. Mm. Like, these are terrorists, mm-hmm. in my opinion. These people joined ISIS to kill Syrians and Iraqi people were innocent, had nothing to do with this. So I found it, I, I feel very sorry also like, you know, from the perspective of feminism, there are a lot of those who since them, themselves are feminists and um, fighting for the rights of women and girls. Uh, they never talk about that. Uh, they rather like, you know, um, uh, defend the rights of ISIS, female fighters or terrorists. Uh, I, I, I found it like very uh, ironic actually. Because um, what about Syrians and Iraqis who are being traded by ISIS and human trafficked, you know? Uh, These are also women and girls. Yeah. Or just because they are from the Middle East, their lives uh, don't count. Mm. So um, I think, like, you know, for me, the human rights are for all. And if not, there are no human rights (laughs) You can't like defend the human rights of your people and uh, ignore the rights of other people because they live uh, in other countries or they have certain uh, skin color or religion or ethnicity or whatever or whatever. So, um, yeah, being a minority is still like you know very hard. And um, however, we are fighting for justice and um, we are fighting to let our voices be heard. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hearing also in your reflection is the kind of the, the, the narrative and the, the way that the struggle is framed in, in the West is, is really different from how you view it and how you experience it. And that I'm also hearing kind of a double standard when it comes to feminism and and human rights. Right. So, um, I think it's good also for people to, to be mindful of that. Um, uh, I'm looking at the time, and I I, I think we uh, we have to uh, uh, wrap up. But uh, before we do so, I just want to give you another opportunity. Is there anything else that you want to address um, with this time you have? You know, yeah. to talk about uh, the struggle of your people, and of uh, hopefully the healing and, and liberation of your people. Anything else you want people to know about the Yazidi community? And
1: yeah. Struggling? So. Yeah, I think, like, the one, like, very, very short, uh, one, another aspect of the justice is um, uh, uh, demand uh, justice and compensations for the survivors of the genocide. Well, uh, uh, I'm talking about the Yazidi genocide, but the genocide against the Shia Muslims were, was also uh, uh, recognized by the UN and the European Commission and other, some other countries as well. Um, uh, we have been working on a project, uh, on the involvement of big techs in in the genocides and um, uh, crimes against humanity uh, by ISIS in Syria and Iraq. Um, I think it's very important that people uh, know that uh, social media platforms such as Facebook, Telegram, WhatsApp are also being used in in these countries to um, promote hate speech content, um, to uh, mobilize people, to mobilize events, uh, crimes... But also to human traffic people, because like uh, I have family members who were human trafficked through Facebook and WhatsApp, and uh, thousands of 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 Iraqis and Syrians are being human trafficked through these uh, social media platforms. So don't mind only like the positive sides of social media platforms and the content, but also mind the the darker sides and be aware what you and your children are watching on social media and. Um, do everything to prevent any, any radical ideologies or content, um, related to radical ideologies, uh, on social media. So I hope people will be aware of what's going on. Nobody talks about this, but, um, I have been talking about this for, for years and I will keep it up and people should address this issue as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for, uh, for, um. Uh, for that critical note and, you know, making us uh, aware of, um, yeah, the things that are happening also on social media. Um, finally, is there, uh, for those who are listening and who feel like, um, you know, they want to, to do something, um, do you have a call to action for people who are listening? Uh, what is the, something that people can do, you know, after they shut down this uh, podcast and go back to their daily lives? What can they do to uh, support the Yazidi community?
1: Um, I think people who are listening now, uh, first of all, thanks so much for uh, keeping up to watching the whole episode. Uh, but also, um, I would like to ask them if they can work on acceptance, acta- acceptance of others, um, not only the EZDs, but also other people. I was born in Iraq, a country that has been tolerating others, tolerating different religions. But as we have seen, when Saddam regime fell, uh, uh, or the regime changed after 2003, people were really mobilized to to fight against each other because they were different. Uh, so for me, uh, um, what I ha- I want to ask people to do is accept each other uh, rather than tolerating. Because tolerating is okay. We we are put up together, and that's it. Uh, but work on acceptance, Ac- accepting others as they are. Uh, no matter what the gender, religion, ethnicity they have, uh, work on it because it also will benefit you and society in general. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Wahab, for sharing your story, sharing your analysis and, you know, addressing the issues that, uh, uh, and educating us also on, on the struggle and the history of these ZD people. Um, I wish you all the best moving forward. And obviously we, we will support you, you know, uh, in terms of um, uh, sharing, sharing your story and, and hopefully others also feel inspired to, to do the same. Um, and I think the message of acceptance and truly accepting, not just, you know, um, uh, being comfortable with, um, what you know, but also being open to, uh, learn about, uh, the stories and, and needs of other people and actually acting upon it and see how you can also, Um, yeah, contribute to that, that real acceptance. Um, Thanks again for, uh, for being here and thanks to the listeners for, uh, for, uh, for listening. Um, And we look forward uh, to your next steps and um, thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you.